0: Good morning. Good morning. Once again, we want to wish you all a happy Mother's Day. And to anyone who's watching online, happy Mother's Day. Before I get into the message today, um, I felt it would be great to hear from one of our moms. So I want to, at this time, invite Jenny Kazarowski up. She's going to share with us a Mother's Day reflection. Jenny's raising a couple of Pretty amazing kids, Ryan and Ember. And from what I hear, they're the Bible memory verse, like champs of Dwell Kids, basically every week, just reciting it off the top of their head. So they're doing something right. (laughs) Um, But I really love your family. And and one of the things I love about you guys is how vulnerable you are and open you are about your highs and your struggles and everything in between. Um, So Jenny has a little reflection about Mother's Day she's going to share with us.
1: Yeah, I am not a public speaker, so I may get a little emotional here. Uh, Mother's Day can be really complex for a lot of people, and so I wanted to take a moment to, to reflect on that. And this is not something I wrote. This is something a friend of mine posted, but um, I think it's really important. To those who gave birth this year to their first child, we celebrate with you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those in the trenches with little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who have experienced loss through miscarriage, failed adoptions, or running away, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, fought with pokes, prods, tears, and disappointments, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make this harder than it is. To those who are foster moms, mentor moms, and spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To those who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who lost their mothers this year, we grieve with you. To those who have experienced abuse at the hands of your own mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who lived through driving tests, medical tests, and the overall testing of motherhood, we are better for having you in our midst. To those who are single and long to be married and mothering your own children, we mourn that life has not turned out the way you long for it to be. To those who step-parent, we walk with you on these complex paths. To those who envision lavish love on grandchildren, yet that dream is not to be, we grieve with you. To those who will have emptier nests in the upcoming year, we grieve and rejoice with you. To those who have placed children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. To those who are pregnant with new life, both expected and surprising, we anticipate with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with you Mothering is not for the faint of heart, and we have real warriors in our midst. We remember you.
0: Thanks, Jenny. You can stay up here. Um, (laughs) um, I just wanted to take a minute to invite all our moms. If you're a mom or a motherly figure, it's someone who is lacking one, if you would just stand and join us up front here. We want to take a minute to pray for you and honor you. so, go ahead and come on up. Give them a hand <laughs> A good mother protects, loves comforts, and in doing so gives us a glimpse of of god and we're just so thankful for all that you- you all do um whether you're a stay at home mama a working mama, whatever you are um we appreciate you um so the kids have a gift for you. <laughs> the kids can come forward. if you ha- They have a little gift for you. Come on, kids. <laughs> They're going to give you a bag, and inside of it is just a simple candle. Uh, but Sarah and I love candles. We love lighting candles when people come over. You throw a candle in the room, and it in- instantly becomes warmer and more inviting. And that's what a mother does, I think, a lot of times. Warms and invites in and comforts, uh, so we honor you at this time, and we want to go ahead, and the kids are going to stay with you, kids, we're going to pray for your moms. Is that okay? Good, and no, you don't want to pray for your mom <laughs> I know you do um, we're going to ask also if our staff would come up and join us in praying for anyone who doesn't have their kids here with them today, uh, but I'm just going to go ahead and and pray. So would you join with me as I pray? God, we thank you for creating each and every one of these moms. They're all unique in their gifts and their talents and how they mother. And we thank you, God, for for all the things that they do for their children, for the way that they walk with them, for the way that they guide and teach them and show them your ways. I pray that representative here, um, each of these moms, is, uh, our children, our are, are people who are so affected by their love and their care and their influence. So I pray over their lives, God, just a leading and a direction that you would use them to minister to their kids, that you would use them to uplift and encourage their kids, to guide their kids. And when it gets difficult, when it gets tough, you would give them strength, you would give them grace. And we also pray acknowledge and pray for those who uh, this day might bring up some more hurt and some more pain. And we ask God for your comfort, for your peace to overshadow those people. God, in all these things, we just thank you so much for the the leadership of these people who stand before us and for what they've done for uh, these families that are represented here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, and the kids are going to be dismissed for real (laughs) at this time give the, give the moms one more hand So this morning thank you for joining us we're we're going to be continuing our the God who speaks series. We believe that we have a God who speaks and who longs to be involved and communicate to us. So over the course of this month, we're going to be talking through some of the most common ways that God often chooses to speak and reveal himself to his people. So last week, if you were here, uh, you know that Sarah spoke on recognizing the voice of God. To obey God's voice, we have to hear his voice. And in order to hear his voice, we have to recognize his voice. So we learned last week that the old priest, Eli, knew how to listen to God, and he helped the young boy, Samuel, know the word of the Lord. And throughout the Old Testament, there's so many examples of God speaking to his people in unique ways, because at that time, the Holy Spirit wasn't given yet to his followers. So we see Elijah, he spent many days and nights in the wilderness learning to discern the still, small voice of God. Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up and heard his voice saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And Jeremiah, he discovered the word of God to be a burning fire shut up in his bones. These people were all close to the heart of God. God spoke to them, and it wasn't because they had any special abilities, but because they were willing to listen. As many of you mothers in here probably know, And we're just starting to learn with Asher a little bit. Um, Kids will often hear and not listen. That's just the way they're wired sometimes. They don't always listen. And I think it's the same. It's up to the the children and us as children of God, whether we listen and put into action what God is speaking to us. Jesus, he gives us a great example of going before the Lord and and positioning himself to hear from God. He often withdrew to a lonely place, not just to be away from people, but so that he could seek his heavenly Father, listen to him, and commune with him, and God longs for us to do the same. So my hope today is to teach, inspire, and rekindle in you the desire to recognize God's voice as you come before Scripture, as you read Scripture, and as God might speak to you through Scripture. So we're going to be taking... Uh, a look at what scripture is, what illumination is, and what can, it can look like in our lives. And then we're going to get into some practical ways to effectively read the Bible. Um, so we've got a lot to cover, but we'll move through it. Um, and I think it's going to be really beneficial to us by the time we leave here. So raise your hand if you're in here and you've ever magic eight balled the Bible. Do you know what I mean? Where you just like flip open and like, all right, let's see. I'm, I'm gonna stop right here. First kings, Nadab, son of Joab, came the king of Israel in the second year of Asa, king of Judah. And you're like, oh God, what? That's not what I needed. That's not what I needed for this moment in my life. So raise your hand if you've done that. Keep your hand raised if if there's ever been a moment where it was actually a divine like God speaking to you moment. Oh, okay, wow, that's a good amount. Keep trying it, I guess. <laughs> um, but <laughs> sometimes that's not always the best method. Um, We've probably all all almost been there. The problem is that uh, depending on where you open the Bible, you might either find yourself reading a long genealogy and 40 names that you've never heard before, or you might find yourself in Song of Solomons reading through something like, as an apple tree among the trees of the forest, so is my beloved among young men. With great delight I sat in his shadow, and his fruits was sweet to my taste. And that's about as PG as it gets in that book. So... The reality is that that's not always the most effective, but the reality is that from the genealogies to descriptive love poems and Song of Solomon, the Bible is 66 books penned by 40 authors on three continents over the course of 2,000 years, and it's all one story. Is it a story that gets confusing at times? Absolutely. Is it a story that sometimes takes some real study to understand it? Yes. But it's a story that can't be ignored because it's changed and continues to change millions of lives all over the world, including mine, and I hope yours, and I hope it happens on a regular basis. It's the story of God revealing himself to humankind. And the beautiful thing about that is that it has the power to speak to all humankind. Anyone who comes into contact with the written words of Scripture can be changed by it. The Bible answers those questions that lie in the heart of every human being, the big questions like what's real, what's ultimate, where do we come from, what's the matter with humankind, is there hope for us? So whether you've read it 100 times or you're just opening it up for the very first time, my hope is that we would all leave here today committed to coming to it more with an expectation that God will reveal himself in some measure and that he'll speak to us as we read it. So what is scripture? I alluded to it before. Scripture is God's self-revelation to us. Has anyone in here ever been moved by uh, someone telling their story about themselves because of how it reveals their character? Uh, A few days ago, Sarah and I were watching Undercover Boss, Celebrity Undercover Boss. If you're not familiar with the show... Uh, It's essentially a show where the boss of this big company will get in this completely crazy disguise, sometimes prosthetics. They'll go by a different name, Joe somebody, whatever they pick, and they'll go to their company, uh, a location of their company, or a specific department of their company undercover just to see how they're doing, just to get a feeler for how they're doing. And often they highlight three people throughout the show. So we were watching it, and it usually ends... Uh, Just so you know, either in someone getting fired because they're a terrible person or someone getting this amazing blessing because they're a great employee. And also there's a lot of tears from us sitting on the couch. It's just the way it goes when someone gets like $20,000 and is completely surprised. So, but celebrity undercover bosses is a whole new different level. It's it's celebrities, obviously, um, and they kind of go to either their area of expertise or their city that they're in. So we were watching Dion Sanders, the Cowboys legend in Dallas, um, celebrity undercover boss. And one of the places that he visited was this homeless uh, or the street choir where homeless people would come in and they would sing songs together. And there was this one young man who was a leader there, and this young man was homeless because he was a part of this choir. Um, and Dion Sanders, as he's setting up for the practice with him, as they're setting out chairs, he's asking him about his story. And this young man starts to tell his story. He tells him about how at 12 years old, his mother gave up him and his siblings because she had a nervous breakdown and couldn't handle their, her kids anymore about how he moved from foster care to foster care home until the age of 17 when he just couldn't handle it anymore and he just went and stayed on the streets, about how despite all that, he dreamed of one day becoming an inspiration to people and he was pursuing his dream of becoming a defense attorney, studying at the University of Central Texas day after day in his flip-flops with holes in them when night after night he would be sleeping under a bridge. And when it came to the end of that, that episode there, the real Deion Sanders reveals himself, and he's just there in tears, and Sarah's on the couch sobbing next to me because she's overly sensitive. <laughs> I cried a tear. Um, but Deion Sanders is telling this man about how inspiring his story was, about, how his, uh, how, about what character he had, and about how he could never look at homeless people the same way again. Through this man's story, he revealed his perseverance, his dedication, his optimism, his hopefulness, his love, his kindness. Through having the opportunity to tell his own story, his character is revealed. Because in great story, true character is revealed and misconceptions are canceled out. So God, in giving us his word, is telling the story of scripture and telling the story of scripture is revealing himself to us. He's revealing his character to us. In scripture, he speaks of his character and we are inspired and shaped and changed because of that. He speaks of his love, his mercy, his righteousness, his justice, his power, his presence, his peace, his wisdom. So when it comes to the stories, the poetry, the prophecy, all of these different Books that make up the Bible, the overarching story of God as loving creator and redeeming savior is shown forth. And we can come in confidence knowing that God wants us to gain a clearer picture of who he is. So many people have their misconceptions about God and they won't even go to the Bible. They won't even go to it because of that. But I think if we come before the, the Bible just seeking truth, if we come before it seeking out God and asking him to reveal to us a little more of who he is, he'll speak that to us. And in that, we'll be transformed into more into the person he created us to be. So the Bible speaks life, joy, and direction to us because it's God's message of self-revelation. And it's in discovering God that we are exposed to who we are and who we were created to be. So my hope this morning isn't to convince you about a book. It's to invite you into the heart of God. If you want to talk authority of scripture or historical uh, validity of the scriptures, and we can do that. You know, We can set something up. I'm happy to do that. But this morning, for the sake of today, I want to invite you into the heart of God that desires to draw you in the desires to speak to you through these words that have been carefully translated and interpreted for generations and generations. It's not a self-help book. It's not a book of advice. It's not a roadmap of life. It's God's self-disclosure. The Bible is about Jesus. It's about God redeeming and saving those who are far from him because of sin. It was written by priests. It was written by farmers, prisoners, A fisherman and a military general and a cupbearer and shepherds, all kinds of people across history. They wrote this book through the Holy Spirit as God gave them the words, as God did it through them and through their personalities. And he gave it to us in the form that we now have it so that we might come alive the Word of God is the heart of God for us. It's 66 books telling one story, and it's invitation into life. So to, be, to help us gain a better understanding of what God wants for us to do as we come before Scripture, what He wants us to understand about Scripture, we're going to take a look at a couple of different Scriptures. In 2 Timothy three sixteen through 17 it says, All Scripture is God-breathed. And is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the Bible is God's divine revelation, period. All the other ways that God speaks to us, whether it be through people, through community, through uh, our circumstances, they're all prompted and filtered through the word of God. He prompts, He speaks, He motivates, He encourages through prayer, through all those different ways, but the, the Bible is what defines those things. It filters, informs, and shapes God speaking to us. So to discern the God of voice, you have to know the Word of God. And this passage makes it clear why that's the case. It teaches, it rebukes, it corrects. And it trains us in righteousness. In other words, it reveals to us God's ways and how to follow in them. So the first one, the word of God teaches. How many know for us, it's easy as human beings to let our feelings guide us? So easy, but that's not the best way (laughs) to go about life because the reality is that we can't trust our feelings. Our nature is sinful. And it's going to lead us not into life, but a lot of times into destruction, we're not very good with relationships, whatever might come up, we tend to panic, we tend to let our feelings get the best of us. So rather than being guided by our feelings, when it comes, when we come to Scripture, we are taught truth. Truth isn't inside of us. It's not fluid. By the definition of it, it's outside of you and it's fixed. So in his word, we find truth. When we're seeking truth, just come before scripture and ask God to reveal it to you. Because if God is really God, then he created all things, then he is truth. So, it teaches us. It it also rebukes and corrects the Holy Spirit uses the word of God to illuminate in us our wounds, but then it also heals us. God doesn't just leave, it, leave us grasping for a way. God doesn't just stop rebuking. He doesn't just stop there when he rebukes us. He sets us on the right path, a path that brings wholeness, a path that brings healing to us. And then lastly, it trains us in righteousness. Training involves pain. How many know that? If you've ever done physical training of any kind, it involves pain. It's difficult at times because it's stripping away all that's held us back. And in our personal and spiritual lives, it's a lot of times stripping away all that's held us down and oppressed us. So the Bible is clear that virtue is formed and righteousness is created in pain. When life sucks, consider it joy. Why? Because God is up to something. He's forming in you character. He's building in you a new perspective on life. He never wastes our pain. The Bible is full of all kinds of primal emotion from so many different writers. And that should really encourage us that God uses people like that. That he desires to speak to us in those moments and show us and reveal to us something new, a new perspective that we can trust him, that we can look to him, that he can strengthen us, that it's not in our own might, in our own power. So it rebukes and it corrects and it trains in righteousness. Why does scripture do these things? We find the answer here in verse 17. It's because you've been uniquely designed by God and placed by God. God has a destiny for each and every one of us. Good works and things that he's calling you into, whether it's an assignment for a job or relationships in your life or a project or a task that you're working on or ministry of some kind, whatever it is, God has a plan and a unique design for us. It may not be clear to you what that is, but the best place to start on that journey is to discover that through prayerfully getting into the Word of God and allowing it to shape and form the person that you are. Another place we see Scripture talking about Scripture is Hebrews four twelve through 13. And it says this, For the Word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, Piercing to the division of soul and spirit, bone and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him who we must give account. To give you a little context of Hebrews, Hebrews, the author is reminding his readers of Israel's deliverance from Egypt, but how ultimately that through Moses, he, when he leads them out of Egypt and out of their oppression, they ultimately decide that they don't want to listen to God anymore. And because of that, they're not able to enter into the promised land. So the writer of Hebrews is pointing to his readers to the, the need for them to be a people of faith that believe in a God who speaks and is speaking. In verse 12, he describes scripture as living and active not just living but providing life as well it can't just be knowing the bible and that bible holds the truth and that we base our entire faith on it it has to be experiencing it for ourselves is anyone in here a car buff at all no one i didn't think so joe's a little bit um but you probably had a dream car at some point right for me, I had a dream car when I was growing up. It was a the the vintage Corvettes. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because it looked like a Batmobile or what. Um, but I was especially into like ones that were um, like 60s and 70s. And there's ones that has this t-top. And so I knew a thing or two about them. You know, I just read a little bit. <laughs> I wasn't like a mechanic by any means. Um, but I had a friend. Uh, we, a friend and I were grabbing lunch one day, and I didn't know that he had one. And he showed up, and he and he. I was just like really. I thought it was really cool. I was like, "This is like I'm living it. I'm getting to see it in person. Like I've only seen pictures." And and then it was like I got. It, it, it took it to a new level. We got to drive it just a half mile down the road, and I wasn't driving it yet. We're we're working on that. Um, we'll see eventually, but. I got to experience it. I got to open the door and feel the weight of it sink into the seat and smell that vintage leather, and then he had the, the top off and the wind was blowing in my hair, and it was, <laughs> it was beautiful. Um, but I can't, it, it became a personal experience for me. I always knew that the car existed. I knew a little bit about it, but on that day, I got to experience it. And I think sometimes that's what the Word of God should be for us. It's, it's alive. We know that it exists. We know we have it translated to us from the very original text, but it's not just a book we admire and know of or revere as holy. It's the word of God that's ignited in our hearts, minds, and spirits by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will continue to do the work of illumination in the Bible, meeting you where you are, as long as you come to it with an open heart, Seeking truth, seeking God, seeking who he is, and trying to discover the meaning of the text. How many know you can read the same text for years? And, and sometimes it feels, we were talking about this in our growth group last week, it feels like it's just the same thing. It's like, how am I going to get anything out of this? I've read it so many times. But then there's moments where the Holy Spirit can just activate in you a new perspective or a new insight if you come before it with an open mind, an open heart, an open spirit. Any of you, have, have any, has that happened to any of you? Or you've known a verse for a long time and you just stumble across and it just jumps out to you one day and it just speaks to the very thing that you're going through in your life. That's the living active word. That's why we don't just read the Bible once and move on from it. It's going to meet you where you are. It's going to chisel off those rough edges that we have So we don't move on from it. We root ourselves in it and continually go back to it. We study it and meditate on it. Because through it, you can know God. You can know who he is in a very real way. So how do we approach scripture? When it comes to approaching scripture, we could easily do a whole week seminar on it and dive into all kinds of different ways. Um, So I simply want to just cover a couple of things that I think And hope will help uh, you as we seek to really hear from God as we come to the scriptures. So two primary ways of approaching scripture are meditation upon scripture and the study of scripture. Meditation, simply put, Christian meditation is the ability to hear God's voice and to obey his word. It centers on the internalizing and the personalizing of the message, of the passage The written word becomes the living word addressed to you. Uh, Christian martyr and Nazi fighter Dietrich Bonhoeffer says, uh, just as you do not analyze the words of someone you love, but accept them as they are said to you, accept the word scripture and ponder it in your heart, just as Mary did. That is all. That is meditation. It's easy to come to scripture and to want to just rush through it. But meditating on Scripture encourages us to come against our internal state of hurry and for our internal state to be transformed by God's Word as we come to it. Bonhoeffer, he recommended spending a whole week on a single text. For you, maybe it will look like taking a single event or a parable or a few verses or even a phrase and allow it to take root in you. Maybe it's the one or one of the ones that recently uh, struck a chord with you in your heart and in your spirit. Maybe it's a favorite of yours that you've gone back to before. The practice itself, it can look like using your imagination to sense any descriptors that might be in the passage. Putting yourself in the shoes of the people in that passage, the the, the people that we read about, what they're feeling, what they th- might be thinking, who they're uh, relating with or encountering. It can be repeated over and over with faith that applies to you. So, in the celebration of discipline by Richard Foster, he gives us an example. He says, Suppose you want to meditate on Jesus' staggering statement, My peace I give to you. Our task is not so much to study the passage as it is to be initiated into the reality of which the passage speaks. We brood on the truth that he is now filling us with his peace. The heart, the mind, and the spirit are awakened to his inflowing peace. We sense all emotion, or all emotions of fear stilled and overcome by the power and love and self-control. Rather than dissecting peace, we are entering into it. We are enveloped, absorbed gathered into his peace. And the wonderful thing about such an experience is that the self is quite forgotten. We are no longer worried about how we can make ourselves more at peace, for we are attending to the impartation of peace within our hearts. No longer do we laboriously think of the ways to act peacefully, for acts of peace spring spontaneously from within. So, see how he took just this one short, portion of Scripture, and he allowed it to really guide him through contemplating on that, on the power of that, of what that means for his life in our lives. So, meditating on Scripture. There's some resources that I want to share with you guys. Maybe you've heard of them. A few apps, um, just practically speaking, if you are interested. They do sometimes cost, uh, cost money, but abide is one. It's kind of a guided prayer. Um, you can do all pick any topic, different things. They they have these really smooth and peaceful voiceovers of people guiding you through with nature sounds in the background, and it's just a great way to meditate on scripture. Another one, Soul Time, uh, which is very similar, um, but you can select how you're feeling that day, even, and you know, it'll kind of pick and choose for you uh, a specific. Uh, scriptural meditation. And then another one is Dwell. Dwell is more of an a audio Bible, but they have um, a few different voices to choose from. You can select, there's one Gregory that sounds like Rafiki a little, and then <laughs> there's, you can select your your background music. Um, so it's, it's a really great one as well, just to listen to scripture, to allow yourself to hear it and receive it. So, meditating on scripture, but then we also have studying scripture. In order to understand what God might be trying to say to us through a passage, it sometimes requires us to study and understand what God was saying to those who it was originally written for or about. Studying scripture involves getting into and learning the historical, the cultural, and the literary context. Context is so crucial to understanding so much of the Bible and how it's to be interpreted. So when we have a better understanding of the purpose and intentions behind different books or portions of the Bible, we're more readily able to clearly see what it means for our lives. We're more readily able to see the principles that we can draw out from those passages and apply to our lives. Then there's also word studies, studying words like, as Sarah shared last week, Shema, that we... Um, learned, it's a Hebrew word to listen and to obey at the same time. Learning certain words, uh, the fuller meaning of them in the original language can really unpack and illuminate truth that speaks to us really powerfully. Some of the best resources uh, for these things are simply like a good study Bible, NIV study Bible. Uh, There's a quest Bible that has questions about different things and kind of gives the answers that you might be thinking, what does that mean? And it just has it there. Um, There's also good podcasts out there. Uh, One of them is The Bible Project. There's uh, also some great video resources, The Bible Project. It's, um, if you haven't seen it, it's animations and it's done by professionals. But then there's also a uh, seminary trained guy who really knows what he's talking about and gives the context of books and does word studies it's a really great um company i guess uh they they have a youtube channel they have their own website and you can check that out there um, if you aren't familiar with it by now that's what they are uh it's really great check it out so we also have uh you know there's there's you can go you go on youtube and just look up any any sermon from not any. Some <laughs> good Bible teachers. Um, there's all kinds of ways to get into historical, literary, and uh, cultural contexts. So I encourage you, if you haven't tr- tried study at all before, get into it. It'll give you a new perspective on Scripture and help you to draw out principles that will really apply to your life. So we have the studying of Scripture and the meditating on Scripture. Both approaches are necessary and can change your life. But I want to free you guys of something this morning. Chances are you've attempted to make reading the Bible a practice in your life, or you've attempted to cover a lot of ground in a short amount of time. Um, and a lot of times we can come before our our devotional life and script and reading scripture, and we can do it just kind of as a as a motion, just to like check off the box for the day, like I did it, God, I'm good, like I'm holy now because I read. Um, and I, I nothing against Bible reading plans at all in any way. I think they're great. But I want to say that God cares more about you encountering him in the text than he does about you reading the Bible in 90 days. Reading the Bible isn't a race. <laughs> and volume doesn't equal blessings. I don't want you to misinterpret that, though. I, I, what I'm saying here, uh, it's, I'm not saying that you just you know you read one single verse over the course of a week and and that's it i think there is value to really sinking ourselves and submerging ourselves in the word of god and really learning it for ourselves um it's important to get as much of of the bible in your heart so that um so that in some as we as we face things in life, we we know the word of God to, to be able to come against those things. When we face temptations, we know the word of God to be able to come against it. We know what God speaks to us and can speak through us in those instances. It's what Jesus did when he's tempted in the wilderness. He uses the word of God to come against Satan and his temptation. So it's important to get as much of it in your heart as you can. Um, but we have to make sure that we're not just breezing through it. We're not just reading it and forgetting it. We have to really allow it to take root in our hearts. So a great balance of these two methods uh, is one that's called, uh, you might have heard it before, SOAP. Anyone heard it? So SOAP is a simple acronym. Uh, It stands for scripture, observation, application, and prayer. So you start by praying that God would speak to you as you read that he would illuminate something in the text. As you read uh, prayerfully, if, the, if a scripture sticks out to you, then you write it out. Uh, if it doesn't, then go back and read it again and, and just keep praying that something would stick out to you. And once you have your scripture, you write out what you observe about it. Given what you know about the context, what is the original meaning to its original audience? What strikes you about how it was written? And then from there, you move into application. What does it mean for you today? What's the principle or nugget of truth? And what sort of action should it lead you to? And then you finish your devotion, your practice, by writing out a prayer uh, to really seal that in your heart to help you put it into action. So sometimes even just reading and jotting down a quick note can open up the door for, for the Holy Spirit to illuminate something, to speak something directly to us. So I think it, it, sometimes it's as simple as taking that little extra step of something sticking out to you and you writing it down. So my challenge to you is to set aside half an hour where you're committed to reading a portion of Scripture and doing soap or jotting down some notes. Tomorrow, kind of come up with your plan today, what you want to read. Um, but if you're really sensing God speak to you, I also encourage you guys to take it a step further and share it with someone. Because there's power in that. There's power in sharing what God's speaking to you. Imagine how much more we would all be encouraged if we were to make this a more frequent practice. Faith is contagious. When God's word speaks to us, it naturally results in speaking and working through us. It changes and transforms our hearts. The more we get scripture rooted in our hearts and minds, the better prepared we'll be to face those things in life, that come our way. The better prepared we'll be to overcome those things, the more we'll be able to rest in the promises of God and knowing who he is. So Jackie's going to come up and lead us in one more song as we get ready to wrap up today. As she does, I just want you guys to Commit in your heart to take on that challenge to come before scripture, maybe it's been a while for you, maybe you've been frustrated by coming before it and and feeling like what is this like i I don't even know if I really believe it. I just want to encourage you to come before scripture prayerfully, asking god god if you're if you're wanting to speak if this truly is your word and you want to speak to me would you reveal to me something about myself about you and in that a little bit of something about myself if you don't really know where to start the gospels are a great place to start Matthew Mark Luke John read all about Jesus read about his his words his teachings we'll also be doing a series next month on the life of Joseph So if you want to familiarize yourself with that, you can read Genesis 37 through 50. Download one of those apps. Download the Bible app if you don't have it. Watch some Bible project animations. Go back to scripture that's meant a lot to you in the past. Sink yourself in the word of God. God longs to speak to us. And one of the primary, most important ways he does it is through scripture. It's the overarching story of him as loving creator and redeeming savior. We can come to it in confidence that God wants us to gain a clearer picture of who he is. And in gaining that, be transformed all the more into who he created us to be. It's alive, but it's also active. The Holy Spirit is at work in us, making it real to us, making himself real to us. It's the lens through which we interpret anything else that God might speak to us, any other means he might speak to us. And in it, we find hope and purpose in his promises. So I'm going to pray, and then Jackie will lead us in one more song. God, we thank you that there is power in your word. I know that there's people in here who time and time again have come before your word and just discovered more and more of who you are, the treasures of who you are. Thank you that who you are is no secret, that you've given this to us. May we steward it well. May we come before it with open hearts, ready to receive, knowing that you speak. And I pray that as this week goes on that each and every person here as they come before your word would see you in a new light would see their circumstances in a new light that something that they read will give them a new perspective will draw them in closer to you your Holy Spirit would do that work in their lives and that because of that they would be able to step into those things you're calling them to they would get a clearer picture of your purpose for them We thank you, God, in your name we pray. Amen.